If you'd like to pick up your Bibles, uh, this morning's reading is from 1 Peter 2, verses 18 to 25, and that page is 1218. That's 1218. 1 Peter 2, verses 18. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it, is under com- for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for wrongdoing and endure it? For doing wrong and endure it. But if you suffer, if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Hi everyone. What a wonderful day. It was absolutely brilliant to see you getting baptised just now, Helen. Absolutely fantastic. Um, If you haven't been with us recently, we've been going through a book in the Bible called 1 Peter, and um, these just happen to be the verses that we've got to, but I think they answer a really important question that we all want to know the answer to. I think these verses answer this question, how should we live in a world of unjust suffering? There are people in this congregation who have suffered for doing good. Let's take the workplace as an example. You've shown integrity in not twisting the numbers. Um, You've refused to lie even when it would have made your life easier. And you've been hammered for it. You've been criticised by your boss. You've been humiliated in front of your colleagues. You've been undermined, ignored, uh, put to one side. And you've even been put in impossible situations where you've had no choice but to resign. I'm sorry that some of you have gone through that even in the past year. We often experience unjust suffering in the workplace because, let's be honest, we often experience unjust suffering in the world in general. The world is full of it, isn't it? So what do we do about it? Well, admittedly, compared to the people who first read those words uh, back in the first century, We've got a few more options. Uh, Those Christians, they had an unelected emperor. Up to a third of the population could have been slaves who didn't have the option of switching jobs. They were stuck in injustice. But are we really that much better off? Yes, we can vote and yes, we can quit or, or switch jobs. And absolutely, there are situations where we should do that. If you're in an abusive situation, get out of there. 
But in the normal course of life, can we ever completely escape unjust suffering? I don't think so. It seems like we're perpetually fighting it. It's like this horrendous hydra of injustice where you might chop one head off, but two more grow in its place. We're stuck. So if we can't escape either, how can we live and how should we live in a world of unjust suffering? When it seems unbearable, what can we do? When it's all too much, where do we turn? We find the answer when we look at the sufferings of Jesus. Um, We're going to look at verses 18 to 20 next week. Don't worry, we're not going to skip them. But for today, on this Baptism Sunday, let's consider two aspects of the suffering of Jesus from verse 21 to 25 and find the answer, how should we live in this world of unjust suffering? Two answers. Firstly, return to our suffering saviour. And uh, you'll see three Very poorly drawn portraits, (laughs) which I'm responsible for, I'm afraid. Uh, But we have uh, three portraits in these verses of Jesus, the suffering saviour. Firstly, he's the suffering servant, and that's the kind of hand outstretched one there. Allow me to read part of a song. Uh, This is a song called The Suffering Servant. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and be highly exalted. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. A couple of years ago I was sat in a coffee shop with a friend. And we were talking about life and we were talking about suffering. And uh, different philosophies that um, different religions and different worldviews offer on this subject. And so... I found uh, these words to this song on my phone and I I gave it to him and asked him to read it. But before he did read it, I said, the lyrics of this song were written 700 years before Jesus was even born. And as he read those words, which I've just read out, I could just see his eyebrows getting higher and higher up his forehead, stunned, amazed that Jesus' sufferings could be described in such detail so far before his birth. You may have noticed this song called The Suffering Servant from Isaiah. It's quoted many times in the verses that Adrian just read for us. Here are a few that are quoted. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. He himself bore our sins. By his wounds you have been healed. Peter's quoting the song, The Suffering Servant, because the point is that Jesus is that suffering servant. He suffered as a servant. And that means that his his suffering was for us. A servant doesn't serve himself. A servant serves 
others. So Jesus' suffering was for us. He wasn't put on the cross for any sins of his own. We've just read that he didn't have any. Rather, he saw a world of people bent double under the heavy burden of our sins. Sins that would condemn us. Sins that would crush us. Sins that rightly demand God's justice. And as a servant, Jesus said, let me carry that for you. He himself bore our sins. On the cross, Jesus was weighed down by the weight of the sins of billions. He bore it all and accepted God's just punishment as if it was his own. Jesus is the suffering servant. Second portrait, uh, you might recognize that as a shepherd's crook. That's the clue. Jesus, he's the suffering shepherd. Another quote um, from Isaiah in those verses in 1 Peter, verse 25. You were like sheep going astray. I don't know if um, you've ever tried to herd a sheep. For some strange reason, I have. Um, Me and my friends, being Welsh, we kind of thought that we'd have this innate ability. But it was the most willfully stubborn creature that I've ever come across. Whatever we did, however much uh, we wanted to point it in the right direction towards safety and security in its pen, it would find a way to rush and leap and jump towards trouble. I never would have thought that a sheep could jump clean over an outstretched arm about that high, but, but it can. And that's us, created to thrive under God's rule and blessing, and yet we all go astray. We all go our own way, our own stubborn, sheepy way. And it always leads to danger and trouble, far worse than ending up on a road or next to a cliff edge. And maybe you recognize yourself in that. You've been going astray for so long that you can't see the way back. Maybe you've even forgotten there is a way back. The night is closing in and you don't know where to turn. But don't be afraid. The shepherd is on his way. Through the darkness, through the storm comes Jesus. He picks up lost sheep, places us on his shoulders and carries us home. That's why he suffered on the cross He's the shepherd of our souls, and if you cry out to him, he will bring you home. Third portrait, Padlock. Uh, He's the suffering guardian. In verse 25, uh, we find the word overseer. That could also have been bishop, but I think the word guardian really brings the meaning to us. He's the guardian of our souls. Can you imagine if our eternal safety depended on our own obedience and good behavior? We would stand no chance. I know that I would stand no chance whatsoever. But Jesus' suffering not only brings us home, but it keeps us safe. No one under the loving care of the suffering guardian Jesus will ever be lost. In his own words, 
I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. What we've seen this morning is a sign that verse 25 is is true of Helen. She has returned to the shepherd and the guardian of her soul. And I wonder if you've done the same. The suffering servant has carried her sins away. The suffering shepherd has carried her home. The suffering guardian will hold her fast until God's kingdom comes. That's good to remember. Hold on to that. And this is for all of us. This is for you too. In this world of unjust suffering, which pushes us down to our knees, come and find purpose and security that will carry you through. All it takes is the courage to admit that we've gone the wrong way. All it takes is the humility to ask Jesus to rescue you. And he promises that he will, even if you pray that right here and now. Come home. How do we live? uh, How should we live in a world of unjust suffering? Return to our suffering Savior. And secondly, follow our suffering example. A bit shorter on this point. Having returned to our suffering Savior, these, these verses offer more to equip us to live us, uh, to, for us to live in this world. Verse 21 says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So as well as offering us salvation, Christ's sufferings mark a path for us to follow. These verses don't mean that you should stay in, a, in an abusive situation. But in the normal course of things, when this unjust world makes your blood boil with anger at an unfair unfair boss or family member, we follow Jesus. Consider how people treated him, as we see in uh, verse 23. When he was on the cross, they hurled insults at Jesus He was tortured, he was beaten, he was mocked. He was crucified, one of the most cruel ways of killing a person possibly imaginable. This was so ironic because Jesus had actually come to save the very people that were insulting him. Put yourself in that position, how would you respond? Wouldn't your blood boil with rage? But how did Jesus respond When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Jesus on that cross, he had all the power in the universe at his single call. He could have cursed the whole lot of his oppressors, but he didn't. He didn't retaliate. He didn't threaten. How could he possibly do that? Well, the answer is in what happens next. In verse 23 again. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Jesus could endure the injustice of this world because he trusted 
that his father would bring justice in the end. He knew that one day God will judge the world. And that's what we need to hold on to too as well. When we're struggling with this unjust world, when our blood boils because it's so unfair, hold on to the fact that there is a God who judges justly. There is a day coming when the skies will part and Jesus will return and he will right every single wrong. That'll be a terrible day for some, but for everyone trusting in Jesus, it will be a, a wonderful day. All those wrongs that, that just seem so unfair, whether to you personally or just in the world in general, that each one of them will be made right. Hold on to that. And as well, if we know that one day justice will come, when we ourselves are personally wronged, when we feel that injustice, when it boils up inside us, we can hand judgment on to a higher court. We don't have to retaliate. We don't have to respond. We don't have to condemn. Because that's above our pay grade. That's God's job not ours. We know that either those wrongs will be put on Jesus and our oppressors will be forgiven, or those wrongs will be addressed when God judges righteously. How should we live in a world of unjust suffering? Follow our suffering example. Follow Jesus. When this unjust world pushes you to your knees Return to our suffering saviour. When this unjust world makes your blood boil, follow our suffering example. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you so much for your work in Helen's life. Lord, thank you that she is looking forward to that day when Jesus returns. And I pray that that will be true of all of us. Thank you that he is our suffering saviour, our suffering servant, our suffering shepherd, our suffering guardian. And Lord, we pray that each one of us would return to him. In his name we pray. Amen. As the musicians come up to the front, uh, we're going to sing our final song. Uh, which is from the squalor of a borrowed stable.